Welcome to Our Lord's Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. Our desire for you as you listen is to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit as we read the scriptures and to be mobilized to actively bring God's kingdom to the earth. For more information on who we are, visit OLCC.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at OLCCOKC. My name is Kaylee, and I'm on staff here at Our Lords at All Saints, and I'm really thankful to be able to kick off Advent and celebrate our Lord, our Savior, Jesus. We're going to be in Jeremiah 33, verses 14 through 16, if you want to open up your Bible. If not, we're going to have scripture up on the sli- uh, scriptures on the slide for you. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV version. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord our righteous Savior. So Jeremiah was a young man called by God to be a prophet. He uh, was a man who was persecuted. He was mocked. He was chained up. He was rejected by man. He was called to prophesy some really unfavorable things to the nation of Israel. People didn't like hearing what Jeremiah had to say. Jeremiah was a man that stood on the word of God regardless of what the people around him said. Israel was living in great sin. They were living under a great cloud of darkness during this time. There was oppression that was taking place. Those in leadership who were called to shepherd and pastor and usher them in to worship worship God, they had begun to oppress God's people. They began to take innocent blood and murder one another. They began to steal from one another. They began to do the things that God did not call them to do, they began to sin greatly, and their hearts became captive. They broke their covenant with God and his laws, and they were no longer following him. They were no longer following his ways, no longer obeying the way that God laid out that you would receive life abundantly in the Old Testament. They were no longer living as a nation that was consecrated and set apart All nations knew at one point that the Israelites, that God was with this nation. They knew not to mess with this nation because God was with them. But generation after generation, sin began to enter in. And soon enough, they were so far from God, they could no longer see God. They could no longer hear God speak to them. And so Jeremiah was called by God to be a prophet during this time that was really, really dark for the nation of Israel. They would go into the temple and offer sacrifices And they would leave, and their hearts would go and engage in things that were not of God. God even said, if I could find one heart in the entire nation of Israel, I will save the the entire nation. And God could not find one heart that was worshiping him, that was loving him with all their heart. And so because Jesus at this time had not yet come, the Savior, the Messiah, the branch, because he had not yet come, Because the new covenant of grace was not yet here, God's wrath was coming on the nation of Israel. 
and God was coming to punish them for their sin. Jeremiah prophesied time and time again, turn, repent, turn and repent, turn from your ways, turn your heart, turn to God, repent for the ways in which you are living and turn to God. If you don't, destruction is coming. Jeremiah prophesied to the people of Israel that if you don't turn, destruction is coming. Jerusalem will be laid waste. The city will be burned down. You will be sent into captivity to other nations. And they rejected God's invitation time and time again. So indeed, the Israelites were sent into exile. They were sent into captivity and scattered among the nations. King Babylon came and he captured the Israelites and all the Israelites were scattered among the nations. They were no longer going to be living in the inheritance that God had for his people. God provided the promised land that was filled with homes and tents and food of abundance with cattle and vegetation. And it was all laid waste. It was all gone because of their sins. They were unfaithful to God, but yet God was still faithful to them. Even when they were scattered... God said, if you serve the kings of that nation, I will still be with you. I will not leave you and I will not forsake you and I will provide for you. If you serve the kings, not worship them, but if you serve them, I will provide for you in the land. And so that's what God did. So the promised land it was, it was burned down, it was laid waste, there was no life, no vegetation, no cattle, all things that once were we're now gone. Can you imagine Oklahoma City being burned down completely and then us being scattered to, to cities and states around? It was like that everything that we had, everything, everything they had was, was taken from them and they were scattered. But in the midst of a dark situation, Jeremiah stood on hope. Jeremiah stood on the promise of God. Jeremiah stood on the word of God he prophesied the word of God. He declared the word of God. He believed the word of God was true. And he reminded the people of the word of God. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. Jeremiah is saying, don't forget, even though it looks crazy, even though it looks chaotic, there is a Messiah, there is a king, there is one who is coming. And he is coming to bring us back to the land. He will return us to safety. He will deliver us from our enemies. He will come and he will do what is just and right in the land. He will come and he will set us free of our sin. He will come and he will actually forgive us of our sin. He will come and redeem us. He will come and restore us to life abundantly. This Messiah will come and he will heal us. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. Verse 16, in those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. The King, the Messiah, the branch, the one that would sprout out of David's line, out of David's family tree, he would come. And he will do what is just and right. And he will overthrow the powers of darkness. God didn't want to leave his people in captivity. He said, I love you too much. I love you too much to leave you where you are. I will send my son, the Messiah, to come and do what is just and right. We see, and some of us may even feel, the powers of darkness at work around us. Anxiety. Anxiety feels really high right now. 
There's worry. We see confusion happening around the world. We see people who are feeling self-harm or self-hatred. There's fear, division, offense. There's war. The enemy comes with deception and he comes with opposition to God's ways. But Jesus, Jesus comes with freedom. Jesus came to bore all of those things upon his body. He came to take away your anxiety. He came to take away your fear. Jesus came and said, I will stand in the gap. I will come and I will set you free from the powers of darkness. Give me, give me those things. I have come for you. They are not ours to hold, guys. And I'm saying that to myself. Jesus came and he died on the cross, taking away all of our guilt, all of our shame, every punishment that we deserve for our sin that separated us from God, any anxiety, worry, fear, anger. Jesus came and said, I will stand in the gap. And he bore all those things on his body and he willingly went to the cross. He could have cast down anyone, anything, and said, all right, guys, that's it. I'm changing the plans. No, he went. He knew it was to come. He was beaten. He was bruised. And he died on the cross for us. He wanted to restore us to relationship with him, to fullness, to life abundantly with God. Just like in Genesis when God walked with Adam and Eve, Jesus came to restore us because he's always wanted relationship with us. And so Jesus came to set us free from the things that keep us captive. He says, I want your heart. I want you. I love you too much to leave you and me where we are. So Jesus, the branch, the Messiah, the Savior, he came clothed in the power of God to execute justice and righteousness. Jesus came to bring the things of heaven to earth while we wait in this in-between time. Jesus came to make all wrong things right. Every wrong thing ever done, Jesus is going to come and make it right. Every injustice that's been done, he's going to come and he's going to make it right. Jesus came to break the yoke and the chains and the things that bind us, the things that hold us captive. He came to set us free. He came and he destroyed the powers of darkness. He came and he destroyed the power of sin. Sin, in order for that to be canceled and be done with, it has to die. In the Old Testament, they used to have to go and lay hands on the animals and cast their sin onto the animal. And then in order for that sin to be done with and dealt with, it had to be sacrificed. And Jesus came as the final sacrifice for all time, for all people, for all sin. The Israelites were held in physical captivity. They were serving these foreign kings. But also their hearts and their minds were held captive to darkness. And Jesus came and he opened the door to the prison and he offered a way out, a way of salvation, a way to rescue us, a way to save us, a way of freedom, a way of forgiveness for our sin, a, a way of forgiveness for the penalty that our sin deserves, a way of redemption, a way of restoration, a way to renew our minds and our hearts. And I feel like some of us are standing in situations that feel really hopeless, and God wants to infuse hope into your circumstance. Jesus wants to come to you and meet you in that place. Some of us are looking around at the world and we see how subtle, yet how extreme the battle is right now around the world. 
but Jesus wants to come and remind us and infuse hope into the world. Ephesians 6, 2 tells us for our struggle, our fight, it is not against flesh and blood. Guys, we see people who are filled with, with spiritual darkness, but our fight is not against the person. Ephesians 6 tells us that our fight is against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There are spiritual forces that work, like I said earlier, anxiety, worry, confusion. We see murder, injustices. We see self-harm and hatred, fear, division, offense, witchcraft. We see uh, manifesting. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but there's manifesting of dark spirits. People are seeking crystals for energy and peace, and we see human trafficking and war and violence and abuse, but God came to make all wrong things right. All wrong things right. Jesus came to make all wrong things right. We need to be a people who stand on hope, who stand on the victory of Jesus no matter what the world says. Ephesians 1, 20 through 22 tells us that God raised Jesus from the dead. And he seated Jesus at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, and every name that is invoked in this present age and the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet. We need to be people that stand on hope, that stand on the victory of Jesus. Despite the circumstance, despite what the world looks like, we need to be a people like Jeremiah that proclaim the word of God, that declare the word of God, that believe the word of God, that are immersed in the word of God. Because there's a lot of untruth right now that looks like truth. And so if we are in the word, we will not be able to discern what the truth is. We must stand on God's promises that one day Jesus will return again. And that one day he will fully fulfill the good promise to us. He will fully restore the city of Jerusalem. He will fully restore the people of Israel. He will fully restore all of his people. Me, you, the, the Gentiles, the Jews, your kids, the kids to come. He will fully restore all people. He will come and he will do what is just and right. He will come and make all wrong things right. And one day, Jerusalem will be a rally place again for, God, for God's people. And the world will look at the nation of Israel and say, the Lord alone is God. And I just felt as I prepared for today that God wanted any person that feels like they are in a hopeless situation there's a circumstance or a thing that feels really hopeless, and I feel like God is saying he wants to infuse hope into your heart, into your mind, into that circumstance. I had this encounter a couple nights ago, and I was feeling, <laughs> I've been having just some pains in my body, and I've been feeling hopeless at times, but the moments that I feel like I partner with God, it just feels so good. My heart and my mind is renewed. And I was rolling over in my bed, and, and I was feeling pain, and I was like, oh, I feel hopeless. And I said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip this atmosphere, and I'm going to start declaring hope into my circumstance. And I just felt God, like God said, like, hopelessness is paralyzing. And so I'm going to pray for us if, if that's anyone that they feel hopeless, and we can have the worship team 
um, go ahead and come up. If, you're, if you are, I'm not saying this to single you out, but I think that there's something significant about standing and about saying yes to the Lord with our physical bodies. And so if you feel like you might be in a circumstance that feels really hopeless, I want to pray for you, and I'm, I would ask that you would stand so that God can come and infuse hope in, into you. I'm standing. <laughs> Here's the thing. The enemy wants you to feel hopeless. He wants you to feel paralyzed. He wants you to stay in that uh, hopelessness feeling where God wants to come and he wants to set you free and he wants to come and infuse hope into any circumstance because God is not too big. God is too, God is big. God is not too big for any circumstance. I'm saying, I'm thinking about my ribs. I'm like, God, you can come and like align my ribs right now. And so Lord, I do. I just pray. Will you extend your hands to someone around you? I'm going to just read the scripture over us, and then I'm going to pray. Because the word of God is powerful, it's active, it's alive. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise that I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. Jesus, we thank you that you came with hope. We thank you that we can stand on hope. We thank you, Lord, that you are seated in the heavenly realms and that you come with all authority, all power. And we just speak hope into every circumstance right now, every heart, every mind that feels hopeless. We say, hope arise. In Jesus' name, hope arise. Holy Spirit, come and fill hearts and minds and bodies with hope. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for hope. We stand on your hope. We ask, God, that there would be a switch right now in your name, Lord, for these hopeless circumstances, God, to, to see hope. Hearts that have hope, minds that feel and think about hope, mouths that declare hope. We give you the glory, Jesus. Be glorified, and we give you thanks in advance. In Jesus' name. As we move into a time of worship, if you were someone that stood, I want us to um, come into worship as if, as if that circumstance has already changed as if God has already come and flipped it, as if you're going to leave this room and experience a different sort of circumstance. And I also feel another call. If there is something keeping you captive, any spirit of darkness that you might feel that's at work against you, I feel like God wants to come and he wants to break that off. A part of what we sang earlier about getting ready, it's that getting ready, our hearts getting ready, our minds getting ready. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come.